Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schaap. Yogi Berra was one of the great baseball players of all time and one of the great winners in the annals of sport. But he meant more to people than just a great baseball player typically would. There was a lot of humor about him and some unintentional philosophy as well. Now, Lawrence Peter Berra is the subject of a new book by our old friend, one of the great sports journalists of our time, John Pessa. His book is simply Yogi, A Life Behind the Mask. John, thank you for joining us. Jeremy, it's my pleasure. John, I mean, uh, let let me start by saying Yogi Berra is one of those guys, and I have, like many people, tremendous fondness for him, and I think uh, an appreciation for him probably more than most people, uh, having known him a little and growing up in New York, uh, being around him. What more do we need to know about Yogi Berra that we don't already know? Well, I'll tell you, um, first, the reason I, I did this book was my um, I got Yogi in 1960 when I was eight years old, and he was a, uh, a role-playing outfielder for very strong Yankee teams. Very good role-player, but a role-player. He was my father's favorite player. And my father told me that this was one of the most dynamic baseball players he'd ever seen in his life. And that's not usually the way we think of Yogi. We think of Yogi, I mean, overshadowed by his persona. So I really wanted to go back just at the beginning and just look at this tremendous baseball player. And he was so much better. And I'm a huge baseball fan. But he's so much better as a baseball player than I ever thought. I mean, he was the best player on the best team in baseball history. Well, he won those MVP awards when the Yankees were winning all those World Series. They won the World Series in 49, 50, 51, 52, 53. He was the MVP in 51, 54, and 55. And this is at a time that, uh, you know, Mickey Mantle was coming into his own. He was about to win the Triple Crown in 56. Ted Williams was still doing remarkable things. There was a lot of uh, tough competition in the American League, but Yogi Berra was the MVP in three of those seasons. What made him so great? Uh, Two things. One, he was just a tremendous hitter, and right from the start, this guy was a 20 home run, 100 RBI, you know, 280 to 320 hitter um, out of the catcher slot where the catcher was expected to play defense and to call pitches, and that was it. And actually, for the first two years of Yogi's career, um, there was there was a very, very good chance he would have been an outfielder, not a catcher. And it wasn't until Casey Stengel came in and realized, if I have a hard-hitting catcher, um, then I have something special. And brings in Bill Dickey. They fixed mechanical problems with, with Yogi. The pitchers hated pitching to him in his first two years. Um, Dickey cleans up the mechanics, um, and Yogi now becomes almost overnight the best catcher in the American League and one of the true talents that I had no idea he had. He had a near photographic memory of, of baseball. And he could tell you, you know, how to get somebody out in the fourth inning with a man on second that we did it four and a half years ago. Um, here's the right pitch. And the players just, you know, turn, completely turned around because that is an incredible weapon to have. Plus, he was, as a fielder, he was 
you know, as good, if not better than anyone. We're speaking with longtime sports writer and editor John Pessa. His new book is Yogi, A Life Behind the Mask, biography of Lawrence Peter Barra, probably one of the 30 greatest baseball players ever to live and one of only a few uh, athletes in North American major sports history with as many as 10 championship rings. But when I think of Yogi, John, I think about um, some of the contradictions. You know, um, one of the great athletes of all time, but not in an athlete's body. Right. How did that lead people to uh, misjudge him in the beginning? I think that, you know, his body, uh, I'll tell you, there's, there's two, uh, one general, one specific part of it that literally changes baseball history. The, the, the general is you, you look at him and, you know, equipment managers, when he walked into his minor league teams, would give him a uniform, uh, to, a ratty uniform because they thought he was there to try out, not that he was part of the team. Um, he just didn't look like an athlete. He had a, a tall person's upper body, a short person's lower body, a long arms, big shoulders that hit his neck. Uh, but when he stepped on the field, um, he was just an incredible player. The guy who was, who was supposed to be the greatest judge of talent in part because he could look at a 16 year old and figure out what he was going to look like when he was 21 named branch Ricky. Greatest talent evaluator ever. He takes one look at Yogi and decides and tells him to his face, you're no more than a triple-A baseball player, and I need people who can go all the way. And so instead of a, a playing for the Cardinals, his hometown team, or when the Cardinals make the mistake, playing for the Browns, um, who, who then become the Orioles, and this drives Orioles fans crazy when I tell them that Yogi Berra in their, his prime would have been a catcher for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, he makes this gigantic mistake, and he loves Joe Garagiola, Yogi's best friend across the street neighbor, who literally is 6'1", 175 pounds, and absolutely looks like a baseball player, and is very good, but he wasn't Yogi Berra. The other thing, John, and we're speaking again with John Pessa about his new biography of Yogi Berra, and, and as I tried to suggest in our lead, you know, the thing about Yogi Berra, it's not just the achievements on the field, obviously, but it's um, this aura about him. And, and and I was around him a lot. I, I interviewed him on a number of occasions, and there was this charm and this warmth about him, although he could be tough. But but um, people thought he was this guy, you know, uh, who had this endless stream of unintentionally funny one-liners and this kind of stuff. And actually, interviewing Yogi wasn't easy. Not at all. He wasn't somebody who actually fit the way that people people who didn't know him thought of him. Right. You know, his persona, his public thing wasn't the real yogi. Could you uh, explain that disconnect a little bit and why it exists? Well, I mean, definitely wasn't. Yogi was always um, a quiet, if not shy person. The only place that yogi felt 100% comfortable was on any ball field where he was always the uh, best player. And you could see through his life, the people who talked for him, uh, Joe Garagiola, who helped with yogiisms. Then it became Phil Rizzuto, another, you know, very talkative person. Um, his wife was eloquent. Uh, Ron Guidry later in his life be becomes the, the, the yogi whisperer. 
And uh, he he was just naturally that way. He was also the youngest of four boys and, in in you know, in five kids in an Italian family whose father, you know, as as most fathers of that era did, ruled with, with an iron fist. And, you know, I think he learned to be quiet that way because you didn't talk until you were you were spoken to. And his father was a man of few words. In fact, all of the all of the of the kids uh, in, in Yogi's family were, were quiet sorts. But I think, too, he faced um, a lot of discrimination because he was Italian and he faced a lot of abuse because of his looks, because of his physical um, stature. Um, and because sometimes he would, you know, when he did talk, uh, mangle the language. And I think that Yogi just had such an appreciation for how it felt to be looked down upon, and he could never, ever bring himself to do that because he knew what it felt like. And and that's, first of all, it's rare in people. Second of all, it's really rare among athletes. And Yogi was just this guy who, who liked and loved people. And I think people felt that and just felt instantly comfortable around him. You know, I saw, this must be 20 years ago, there, was a, <laughs> there aren't a lot of baseball players who had one man plays written about them that were actually performed on Broadway. And I saw, I saw the Yogi show, Ben Gazzara. I mean, one of the great, you know, <laughs> actors of the second half of the 20th century played Yogi. And I did a story about it and saw the play. And, you know, I think Yogi never saw it because, you know, it took liberties with the real story. And a lot of it revolved around his relationship with Dale Bearer and a lot of it, Dale, his son, who's been on the show recently. And it was about, um, you know Dale's addiction, cocaine, and, right? All all that stuff. It is feud with Steinbrenner. That was mostly the reason that, um, and it was Carmen, um, and and unfortunately, this, his wife, Carmen. This, yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, unfortunately, this story didn't make it into the book. I ended up having to cut sixty pages of the book. But there's a terrific story of Gazara and the playwright coming to Yogi's house. And talking about it, and Gazzara figures, hey, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm a, I'm, a, you know, we're both Italian. We're gonna, and they did hit it off. Um, but Carmen uh, was against it from the start. Then they have a second meeting at his um, uh, museum, where they're sitting there drinking vodka together, telling old stories about what it was like growing up during the Depression. And you know, if it was Yogi, they would, you know. They would have blessed it. Uh, Carmen walks in, is very polite, very nice. You know Carmen. She was a charming woman. Um, and very politely and charmingly said, uh, I'm sorry, but we're not going to endorse this play. Mm. I got to tell you, it, it's funny. I was I was interviewing Ben Gazzara about the play, and he was great. Um, and he's the only guy I can think of who played two famous Yankees in two different uh in two different productions about uh, sports. Wow, you got me on this one. What's the other one he did? Well, I got him, too. He didn't know. <laughs> he, he was George Hallis in the remake of Brian's song. Oh, wow. And, of course, George Hallis played right field for the Yankees before Babe Ruth. Wow. He was one of the right fielders in 1919. Um before the founding of the NFL, I just had to throw that in there, John. But as usual, you've you've done a spectacular job with the book. Thank I, you I so much. Say, I didn't know that there was much more I, I could know or would want to know about Yogi, but you've certainly achieved that. And he is such an iconic figure, and he was such a great player. And I think um, 
the book is a great service uh, to to baseball fans and sports fans, and and Yogi's more than that, of course. Why is Yogi more than that? Well, I think again, it comes down to his humanity. He was so accessible. Um, advertisers loved him because people just looked at Yogi and and instantly liked and trusted him. And as you know, trust is advertising advertising goal. He was also just he was walking history. I mean, the man lived through the Depression, World War Two. The, the the baby boom uh, moved to the suburbs. He was one of the first television stars. He was uh, he did movies. He did movie reviews. Um, he wrote books. There's a great muse- little museum in Montclair, New Jersey, about him. I mean, this guy, you know, 90 years from you know from the beginning to end, just lived a phenomenal life. And and with that. Um, kept his humility, always just feels like a man of the people, which basically is what he was, um, even through all these incredible achievements. Um, that's a unique combination, and I think that's why people are drawn to him. And you said uh, not just not just Ron Guidry, but also Kelly Trapuca, basically his, uh, his chauffeurs. Yes. <laughs> yes, I mean, you know, Trapuca, he was friends with Trapuca's father, yeah. Frank Trapuca, who was an All-American quarterback, played in the NFL. They, they would go up to UMass and watch their sons play football together, um, him and his wife and Carmen and, and Yogi. They were, I mean, you look at them and they were so different because, you know, Trapuca is the prototype athlete. You know, what is he, probably about 6'2", um, 185, 190-pound quarterback, good-looking, and, and, and his best friend is Yogi Berra. And they, they, you know, he lived in neighboring Bloomberg, New Jersey, and they did lots of things together. John Pess's new book is Yogi, A Life Behind the Mask. John, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Jerry, my pleasure. Listen, um, Amazon seems to be out of books and they're prioritizing when they take in new things. Hopefully uh, early next week, Barnes & Noble is probably the place to go. If you You're know. out of books. They sold out in the first uh, day. Um, a lot of interest in baseball. I, you know, I'm going to give Yogi and baseball, wow. you know, a lot of credit. I'm jealous. Because I'm very I'm, jealous. There's a giant hole in my <laughs> life where baseball is always on. And there's no baseball. And it's just since I've been four years old and I'm 68. So that's a long time. And, and it's just missing. And I think people are hungry for baseball and, and hungry to feel good. And Yogi is just a, such a feel-good person. That is Yogi. John Pessa, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. I'm Jeremy Schapp. And you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time.